In this world, nightmares lurk. They hide in our neighborhoods, walk our streets, wear our faces. But they are not us. They're the world's best kept secret, and we are going to find them. Welcome to Uncanny Valley Cancer Cell. everyone and welcome. This is a Chronicles of Darkness tabletop campaign played in the Hunter the Vigil storyteller system. And this week we return to our story with Abernathy in a sort of nexus of ley lines where the mages have come to recharge. Only he has disconnected them from that power in order to get their attention. He, he basically walked into the coffee shop, picked up the Wi-Fi <laughs> router and spiked it on the ground. Yes, and their attention he has now. So um, Abernathy and JD are sitting at a table in this outdoor coffee shop. They've been sitting there for quite some time. And you have uh, four mages uh, standing around your table, one of whom you know is uh, quite powerful, another one you know to be only slightly less powerful than him, and uh, two novices on either side, all waiting expectantly for you to answer his, his threat. Uh, I know exactly what it is that I'm doing, Mr. You can call me Magnus. Magnus. Uh, Mr. Magnus, I simply wanted detention, and I know that I have it. Uh, I have a, well, I have a question for you first and foremost. This nexus here, where you all have gone to draw on mana, well, it's not the largest place to gather mana. Why don't you gather at the docks? The docks are beyond our borders. Uh, beyond your borders? Uh, well, is there another contingent of mages that work that one? <laughs> Sit down, child. You don't deserve the knowledge you <laughs> seek. Abernathy is already sitting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, a metaphorical sitting, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm merely asking questions. Yes. I'm, I've told you I will not share that information with you. Understood. Uh, well, I happen to know that that is a uh, less than stable area. And I happen to also know that uh, before too long, something that could be a, not only a threat to myself, but a threat to your, yeah, to the, to the mages here and, well, just, just about everyone else on the planet. And I wanted to recruit you with uh, in a uh, in a larger gathering of other forces to uh, hopefully do away with it. Uh, the mage um, waves his hand in a a yantra. Um, I will give you a resolve composure <laughs> to try and resist. I would very much like to resist whatever the hell it is that he's going to do. <laughs> yes. Can resolve. I tell that he's doing anything? Um, he might be doing a card trick. <laughs> He's a mage just doing weird hand stuff. Okay. JD, clinch! Uh, 
Is he doing it to me too or just him? He's doing it to the whole area. <laughs> I think you would get a resolve composure just by nature of being involved in the spell, whether you're aware of it or not. Well, Abernathy only got one success. <laughs> All right, he already beat you. Great. Two. So, oddly enough, JD, oblivious to what's happening, resists the spell. That's why he resists it. <laughs> huh? <laughs> um, and he, he, he makes that huh-like motion and then is frozen <clears throat> completely in place as the area is suspended in time. Oh. Ooh. And let me roll for the other mages around. This is some Doctor Strange shit. <clears throat> That's you know, if you want a sense of how mage kata is, Doctor Strange is not a bad example. Alright. So, um your fellow one dot prime mage is, succumbs to the spell, <laughs> but the other two uh do not. How so. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh your four dot and your two dot companions are also still there. Yeah. And so Everybody, everything else is still? But everything else is still. All the other people in the area, the the the, ca- the barista at the, the kiosk holding out a drink still in place. The wind has stopped blowing. The water freezes in midair. Everything is completely um, in stasis. Except, except for three of the mages and JD? <laughs> except for three of the mages and Abernathy. Oh. JD has succumbed to the freezing of time. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Um, or rather, by winning your role, you prevented yourself being pulled into this pocket dimension where time is frozen. Okay. So what JD will see is things going on as normal, and the three of them just disappear. Oh. But to the perception of the people inside this bubble, everything. Except for the one other guy. Except for the one other guy. (laughs) There's one other mage who's still there. But he knows what happened, so he just kind of sighs and sits down in Abernathy's chair. Hey. What 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 happened? Huh? He's tired. He has circles under his eyes and the sort of scraggly, like half beard of a guy that hasn't <laughs> shaved in a couple weeks but hasn't yet grown a proper beard. And he's just like, they just they're just having a meeting. Don't worry about it. Okay, but wh- where are they having a meeting? Um, he's like absconded. Uh, in a cr- Arcadia, it's fine. Don't just. That's the <laughs> babble words. Where's Arcadia? He, he, he takes a slow sip of his coffee. That, that's Abernathy's coffee. He had his own. Oh. Um. And and he's just like, is there a reason that I should tell you things, or are you just like a human? I mean, kind kind of one. I I need to know where he went. That's a reason. I told you he's on Arcadia. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. You could have been like he's in a building, and that doesn't tell me anything. It's not a location; it's just a general, just a noun, I guess. Would it be any different if he was in a building? I mean, I I just need I need to know where he is. He couldn't get past security anyway, so. Listen, they're gonna be back in no time. Okay, seriously, just. Just relax a bit. Okay. Like, he like puts his face in his hand. And he's like, just give me a minute. Guess I'm just gonna hang out with this hungover mage then. <laughs> <laughs> um. So inside the bubble, Abernathy, it's you and three of the other mages. Uh, Abernathy is. 
oh, this is definitely freaking him out. But he's still kind of like doing his best to play it off. So um, the mage lowers his um, hand and he... You, he doesn't do it like any kind of incantation or, or like um, practice motion. It's a concentrated spell for him. But he um, changes sort of the atmosphere of the place. And around you inside this bubble, the world kind of starts moving. Like you're in like a, a car or something. Like you as a group, although you're standing still, this bubble just kind of moves through space. Hmm. Um, it moves through the city and then up into the atmosphere and out into space. Okay, before they like go anywhere, Abernathy does want to make sure that he grabs his uh, he he grabs the uh, the knife and like keeps it with him. Okay, um, give me a resolve composure <clears throat> okay. to do that to to realize <laughs> what's happening and do it quickly. Gotcha. That is oh, that's pretty good. That's three successes. Okay, you got it. Cool. So as, as you sort of move uh, in, in a tour of the cosmos, the, the mage um, sort of tucks his hands behind his back and lays his fingers together and uh, kind of stares you down. And he says, I understand that you are fresh in the ways of magic and the arcane. So I'll give you a warning as I would any novice. You're encroaching on powers far exceeding anything known prior to the existence of our kind. There are many powers in, in the world and in the universe, but among our ilk, none have ever surpassed the barriers of time and dimension as we mages do. There are horrors and fates beyond which you could imagine. Trust me, I don't come into this life lightly. I'm well aware of, well, of just the beasts that lurk in the darkness. And, well, one of those, one of those beasts plans on coming out of the darkness and doing away with us. Yes, that's why we're concerned, says the female um, mage, the second most powerful. Um, she steps up to the side of the um, powerful man, Magnus, and she says, the nexus of which you speak is a hotbed for a great enemy we may just choose to avoid, or at least we did. Did. It's come to our attention that the potential fates of many universes are encroaching and closing in on a single outcome, an outcome which we know cannot be allowed. Perfect. So I, I would assume that you're already on my side, then. You assume much, young. But let us share our plans and see for certain if our interests align. You'll find that among our kind... The fate of humanity is not always the top priority. We have our eyes far into the future on objectives many would never even consider or be aware of. Uh, Abernathy is going to kind of take that and mull it over for a second. And, uh, and he says, before I, I took on this life, 
before I sign my name uh, onto the tower, well, I had oaths beforehand. And you know as well as I do that words contain power. My words have already held me to, uh, to a promise that I intend to keep. Part of that promise is making sure that I do everything I can to make sure that humanity survives. I pity you. Morality is not an advantage. And uh, at that, the, the bubble seems to come to a stop. It <laughs> wanders in a much more aimless pattern through a patch of the cosmos. Uh, stars wink in the distance. Distant suns blast you with, with heat and light that a normal human was never meant to witness in person. You're protected and shielded by this force field. Um, but you are aware that somehow you are not seeing an illusion. You are physically there. You've been transported to this place in the far reaches of, of the universe. And in the center is a, a sun which seems to have been harnessed. It has structures built onto it, which your recent endeavors in the arcane can only begin to understand. Um, you can parse out by looking that the goal of this is to somehow harness this energy and put it to a different use, but you don't know for sure what it's for. The bubble circles around this planet uh, slowly gradually coming closer and coming to rest on one of the platforms built into the surface. Uh, the bubble remains around you, which you're grateful for, because it would surely disintegrate you otherwise. Mages aren't really known for safety precautions. Right. <laughs> um, and the uh, third mage uh, steps down and uh, crouches, placing his hand on the ground and absorbing uh, energy until his hand almost glows with the, the power. Um, you recognize this as force magic. And uh, he looks up to the other two, and uh, he says, uh, It's working. Magna Gun is growing. The, uh, the five-dot mage nods, and he turns to you, and he says, what you see before you is a working of unprecedented power, but a flawed working. It's our attempt to harness a great power that could then be transmuted in some way and used to eliminate forces of immaterial might. Like the god machine? Yes. Well, when do you activate it? The activating is really not the, the problem. The problem is, to what mechanism do we feed the power? We have, among ours, the ability to find and contain great wells of energy, but we have yet to successfully transform it into something usable. What are you in need of, then? This would be invaluable towards my goals. And if I can direct it and, well, accomplish what I want, I'd be happy to uh, lend a bit of a hand. Oftentimes in the pursuit of knowledge, the most important lesson is knowing what you do not know. We know we do not know the solution. Oh, come on. You have a... It just sort of like, looking around, what exactly do I see? 
So it's it's a a red giant star, mm-hmm. and all around it are these um, sort of clumps of uh, almost asteroid-like material that form islands in kind of a <coughs> dotted ring around the planet. Uh, there are several of these that are all nested together, almost like a gyroscope, mm-hmm. and uh, spinning on various axes. Okay. And they all have these central stations that send pins of light down into the star. And you can kind of gather that these things are pulling energy from the star and storing them in the, the bits of, of Earth that have been sort of constructed around it. You've gone to all this trouble to transport matter to a different place and, well, who knows, it may be even a different time, and you don't know where to direct it? <laughs> we know where to direct it. We don't have the means yet. Well, by golly, get on it. What do you... <laughs> this... I understand that I'm probably a little out of my depth. But what is stopping you from understanding this? The nature of our existence, no. You're young, you deserve the unflinching truth. Arrogance. Through the construction of all of this, we thought that it was within our power to do all of it and to form a sort of weapon that us mages could wield like like the saviors of the cosmos. We don't. We have our specialties and our understandings, and there are other things, like those dwelling in the primordial dream, like those dwelling in the hedge, whose powers operate in a completely different fashion to ours. You could think of it like AC and DC currents. We know that it is there, but... We do not have the ability to harness that current with our powers. And in our arrogance as mages, we never considered that perhaps we would need the assistance of someone else to complete the task. What if I can offer that? Why do you think I showed a complete stranger this secret arcane source of power? <laughs> Abernathy is just kind of like, just rolling his eyes, and he's just like, I admire your... your... You'll sense for the theatric, but but God damn it, time is of the essence. The uh, the woman um, sort of nods her head and and laughs softly under her breath, and she says, "We know who you are, Abernathy Honeycutt, and we know the allies whose connections you boast. It was convenient of you to come here to meet us at such a time when we were already seeking you." But do not think that we are ill-informed. Fair enough. I guess it's in our nature to be a little too big for our bridges. Indeed it is. Now we should get back to my pupil before he invokes paradox again and gets himself killed this time. And uh, the bubble begins retracing its steps back to Earth. Uh, Okay, cool. Back on Earth. <laughs> How long has it been? Yeah, thank you for indulging me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool scene. Yeah. Uh, back on Earth, the uh, you assume to be apprentice is full out of sleep on the table. It's been about 20 minutes. 
when um, the group reappears, um, all standing <laughs> around the, the table, and uh, the uh, sort of novice mage <laughs> doesn't really startle so much as just leisurely, like, rouses himself and, like, rolls his shoulders. Um, the uh, female mage um, walks over and sort of, like, flicks him on the head and says, get up, we're leaving. Wait, so you guys just had a chat, or? Yes, we came to a bit of an agreement. What kind of agreement? I'll, I'll fill you in on the details later. It's kind of on the ominous side. It's, uh, well, yes. Especially when you seemingly excluded people from the conversation. We're going to be going our separate ways and then discussing the, the tone out as we do. Okay. It's all right. Um, the, Play the, it cool, Jade Lee. <laughs> uh, Magnus nods and he says, indeed. Uh, he looks over at you, JD, for a, a brief moment. And uh, he kind of tips his head. And, and then he sort of uh, waves his hand in a, a complicated gesture involving a lot of finger moving. <laughs> Abernathy kind of like squints and keeps his eyes on that. Uh, yeah, you can roll if you want to try and decipher what it <laughs> hey, is. Hey, sure, why not? Uh, let's... Hmm. Okay, two successes. Um, you reckon that it's space magic. It's conjuration. <laughs> oh, that could... Oof. Okay. Um, and what he conjures up is a business card. It's a plain white with a black um, border and uh, serif lettering. He... Sets it on the table and slides it with two fingers towards JD. He's like puts his fingers on it and he like slides it over. It's just like a regular yeah business card. Yeah, it's a regular like business card. It. It's a regular business card. Abernathy kind of like leans away as he picks it up, like flicks it, and, and he, just like and he just says, um, "You have potential. If you ever want to use it, give me a call." And then okay. uh, he... him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walks away. <laughs> I mean that with the absolute best of intentions. I can do magic stuff. Perhaps you can. It's a matter of whether or not you should. Totally I say that stuff. lovingly. God, that would be terrifying. Unless you're hot. Good <laughs> JD with magic. <laughs> I mean, he'd probably use it more responsibly than Abernathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah in all, in all honesty, objectively it's true. It's yeah. a low bar, but it's still a bar. <laughs> I haven't... I haven't in- I, I haven't imposed any sort of like like paradox yet. Now who's the same role? And how did you get this power, Abernathy? That didn't get any paradox, just becoming a mage. Well, no, I just mean in terms of being responsible with power. The fact that you have mage abilities at all because you opened yourself up to a true fae. You, you don't need to criticize how, only <laughs> that. That is the most mage answer ever. Yes. And on that note, we're going to move <laughs> forward. Uh, so the rest of the party, we're heading to Miskatonic University to talk to your contacts with the Aegis Kaidoru, I believe. Yes. Kimberly? I don't think her name was Kimberly. Mm. Wayne? Her name? Wayne? Her last name is Wayne. Wayne. Wayne yes. Yeah, Professor Blank Wayne. Bat Jacqueline, Man. I think. Jacqueline. I remember Jacqueline. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Bruce Contact, Alina. Batman Wayne. No, that's just Mason. <laughs> Jacqueline. Jacqueline Wayne. Yeah, it's Jacqueline. Boom, I remembered something. And President Onassis President Becky. 
<laughs> Give me a fucking Jack award. Episode 77. I remember I like the NPC's full name. Woo! I like Jacqueline Woo! Onassis Wayne. Jacqueline Onassis Wayne. It's super good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. Uh, did, we took the uh, demon portals, right? Yeah. Yes, you did. Okay. The glove compartment. Right. Yeah, where do we pop out of, Buckle? Well, I mean, we found do, a, do you a... want me to describe <laughs> the whole journey or just put you in Miskatonic? <laughs> Just have us pop out of somewhere wacky. Well, fun. Yes. You go through the portals, and eventually you end up in a, a aquarium. <laughs> like, are we all in one, like, seven-gallon tank? Or yes, is it you, like... are, you are in a tank, and in front of you, you see a big clam mouth that's open. And uh, sort we... of, you see a portal in there going somewhere else. So you swim towards it. And as you go through, you pour out of some kind of a fall and land with a splat into a shallow pool. And looking up, you see you are in the fountain in the center of the quad at Miskatonic University, a model of the zodiac sign Aquarius. You've just been poured out of the water vessel. <laughs> that is wacky. It Wolf is wacky. Wolf has to, has to morph a little bit like Tim Allen in the Santa um, <laughs> the Santa Claus. This is a wonderful touchdown. Thank you. Um, but you 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 come out unharmed from the really small passage. Thank you for that, Buckle. You're welcome. That, wolf, that whimsical. Yes, yeah, it warmed my cold dead. Did wolf heart. go Thank first you. or last? Um, I'm gonna say Wolf went first so that the other two behind you kind of act like a pressure valve that like shoots him out <laughs> like a bullet. <laughs> Splat right into the like sliding all the way to the side of the fountain. I can't help but, I can't help but imagine that this is accompanied by Ed Ed and Eddie sound effects. <laughs> it's also November, um, and you're in the the northeast, so it's pretty cold. And you're all wet. Yeah, I think Darla oh. sort of like maybe was the middle one and is sort of like sitting in the fountain, like eyeliner running, being like, next time we drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice of Mason and JD not to tell you about this. Wolf is a California boy and he is like scrambling out of the pool. His teeth are chattering. He is just, I'm going to die. This is how I die. I, I'm going to die of frostbite. Not if you get in the house. It's right. Come on, this way. We're almost there. Tell my wife I loved her. <laughs> you don't have a wife. That's the point. You don't even have a husband. Oh, low blow. <laughs> Too soon. Are you working on that? Oh god. Wait. Yeah. Hold on. Get the doors. Thank you. Oh god. You think Darla just looks like a wet cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you you slam the door behind you into the the sort of general studies building. Uh, you're all dripping wet. There's puddles on the floor now. It's freezing. Um, all the students in the hallway are staring at you. We slipped. All of us. A lot. <laughs> the uh, students go about their business, except for one of them, uh, who you recognize <clears throat> as the old uh, second-in-command of the uh, what was Ashwood Abbey. Uh, she steps up to you and kind of looks between you all. She gets a, a wry kind of smile in her uh, sort of curly blonde hair and, and full lips. And she goes, uh, slipped in where? The Atlantic? Uh, sea yes. monsters. A few times, actually. Yep. 
I guess you'll want to see Professor Wayne then? Yes. Okay, this way. Thank you. <laughs> squish, 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 squish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Wet sock noises, everyone. Uh, wet socks. Everyone's favorite. Um, I think Darla's going to turn to um, uh, Wolf and be like, do you like have something for this? And she like motions to... Are you asking if I have magic drawing powers? I mean... And not so many words. Mecca like a high. There's a bathroom over there. Get yourself a <laughs> paper towel. <sighs> What's even the point? <laughs> you know who might have a spell for that, <laughs> Darla? Your dear friend, Abernathy, who you love so much. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not here, is he? You don't oh wow! You drive. You drew me off. That now we're officially even. I got no problem with you. Yeah, like I just love you, Abernathy. <laughs> I think um, Darla is going to make the group hang out for a second while she sticks her whole body under the hand dryer in the women's bathroom. <laughs> All right. Uh, I imagine you start with the hair first. Yeah. So she's sitting there, bent over, with her hair under the the hand dryer. When um, one of the stalls in the bathroom opens and Dr. Wayne actually steps out and goes to wash her hands and, like, does a double take looking at Darla. And Darla's going to, like, throw her hair back. And um, people with curly hair are really not supposed to dry your uh, hair. No, it gets really frizzy. Uh, so it gets real big. <laughs> and she goes, oh. So you have a true <laughs> uh, Professor Wayne just like raises an eyebrow and goes back to washing her hands. Uh, uh we were actually uh here to seek you. Surprise. Well, I figured. But we had an accident, don't ask. I I I see that. Um let me just finish here. Okay, and Darla hits the dryer thing again. <laughs> it's a it's a very prolonged moment of awkwardness, <laughs> uh, especially when when Professor Wayne steps up, hands dripping, watching you use the hand dryer, and then just like slides them in. <laughs> I think. Um, Darla's gonna give up after most of her body's not at least soaking wet anymore. Just damn. I mean, your clothes are certainly still soaking. There's only so much a hand dryer can do, but yeah. your hair's not wet, which is a big improvement for for women. I think <laughs> any woman listening is like, oh yeah, if I had to choose, hair first. I don't know, socks. But she gives up, um, and then I guess she'll follow Doctor Wayne out. Yeah. So she emerges into the corridor corridor to find the other two. She kind of uh, crosses her arms and looks between you all. She's like, well, I suppose we can go to my office. She uh, turns down the, the hall and walks back to the archaeology er, um, department and into her sort of back office in the, the auditorium classroom. It still has the long work tables and shelves full of fossils and specimens of all kinds. It's uh, cleaner than the last time you saw it. She's clearly had some time to recuperate from all of these events that have recently transpired and her new responsibilities as the head of the local sort of student hunting organization. 
she um, sits at the uh, rolly chair in her desk and kind of motions for all of you to sit in the chairs or to pull up a stool. So what can I do for all of you this time? Well, uh, things have progressed a bit rapider, more more rapidly than we planned. Um, but the upside is um, we finally have a picture for the end game, and we need Aegis's help in doing so. Well, it's better than destruction. What can I help you with? Destruction. Uh, actually, we need something that can kill a god, and so I need people with the most powerful relics and the finest craftsmen that we could possibly attain. And as we are allies, this is beneficial to us both in that we can put you to work and you can solve, help us solve this crisis that's affecting our entire world. Well, as I said the last time we spoke about the ages, they're not the most uni- unified Certainly. group. Well, then, um, as a representative of the Harpers, I would like to get in contact with as many of them as I can so that we can get them stateside and working together with any of our, our engineers and craftsmen. I have some very talented people that I'm getting on site so that we can start building the things we're going to need. And I certainly need as many of your peers as I can possibly manage to acquire. We have to work together here, and you are a very key piece, you and your organization. You flatter me, but let's talk specifics. Specifics. Presently, uh, I am getting... We are trying to coordinate some engineers that are very good at retrofitting divine or otherwise power into a usable source. We, I have a particular scientist that's good at manipulate, relatively good at manipulating energies between realities, and all of these things are going to play out when the God Machine invades here in about a month's time. And I need to construct a, for lack of a better term, a giant gun that can kill a god. Sounds fun. Quite. And... I'm going to need a lot of resources to build it. And I know no finer group of relic collectors in the world that might be able to help us with this task. Well, it being a firearm narrows down my my selection a fair amount. Right. I can think of a few people. I can try to have them somewhere for a meeting. Yeah. Have you given any thought to who wields this weapon should you successfully create it? It would have to be us, the Harpers. This is what my family was built for. Some, Someone in the past decided that we needed to to forestall world-ending events like this, and that was our purpose. And then I would make it imperative that upon use of this weapon, 
that it's promptly dismantled. I ask because as keepers of relics, you know, our primary objective is to prevent many of them from being used. Right. There I... are powers which humankind simply shouldn't be trusted with. Right. And to that end, one of the people I have in mind specializes in items which have a certain attachment to their wielder. Right. It's how I got involved with Ashma. Right. Or I guess you could, a bit of a chicken and egg scenario. I, I also, I became involved with that due to Ashima's involvement in the, right. the local factions. And I came to understand a property which you are now intimately familiar. Right. Gods have a preference for certain individuals. Yeah. And only allow their powers to be used by those of their chosen. You may consider designing this... For lack of a better word, we shall call it a relic. You may want to consider designing this relic in such a way that it would only function for someone you trust very, very deeply. A power that could only be used judiciously. That's good. I have somebody in mind, but I'd need to, to talk with others first. Um... Not a critique. Simply advice. A good fail-safe also. Um, There's other things we'll need. We don't just need to build this weapon. It's going to be fighting back in the the time leading up to this. It's not going to just let us gather our forces and establish things. So um, I'm also going to need assistance with anything that can help us detect intruders or protect people on site or offer defense, you know, little things that are going to to make getting to the process, getting to the actual use of the device, the relic, possible. Like, we're going to need all the resources we can accomplish, so. Well, if you're looking for foot soldiers, then I'm happy to tell you you're in the right place. Excellent. One thing which unites all Aegis members is a certain love of adventure. We're always the type to go into the archaeology dig hands first. Well, good news. This is probably the biggest adventure this world will ever see. Big words, but I can't contradict you. So I'll get those summons out. Let me know when. Um, do you have my contact information? I have you. Um, she pulls out her um, phone and, and double checks. Um... Yeah, I, I have you on uh, Messenger. Perhaps I should get your actual phone number. Okay. And from there, you'll you'll go into the details. Um, do any of the other people present for this conversation have any questions for her? Not for her. Yeah, I, I think Mason covered it all, really. Okay. So uh, you all, I guess, step out of the office. All right. Uh, when, uh, when did she say we would meet up? Um, I'm just going to say, since we have a lot of balls in the air, and I think we as players don't actually know when this might happen, that you just have a sort of rain check for, like, when you all know, you'll communicate about it. And she, she promises that she will get these people there, whatever that time may be. Okay. So, who would you want to, uh, use the gun, dude? 
Yeah, you said you said somebody in mind. Uh, I did, actually. Um, it'd be a little fucked up of me to just impose it upon somebody, so I kind of want to have that as a, a group meeting. But I really do have somebody in mind. I think they'd be more appropriate than anyone else in terms of knowledge of what's going on. Uh, okay. So Ominous. It, yeah, I... It's, it's 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 none of you. It's just it's William. <laughs> I need the Dark bravest horse entry. I need the bravest, strongest, strappingest, most virile, virile, sexy, adult male werewolf. Or it won't work. <laughs> We're going for ten cent. Yes, that guy who appeared one time in episode four. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm 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 contemplating alternatives because I don't. I don't want it to be an all-or-nothing thing. I think it just would work best. What are you expecting to happen when they use that gun, Mason? Uh, uh, I'm expecting something to go horribly wrong. Uh And because the alternative is we all die, I'm expecting it's going to work somehow. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to blow it up so that it can't be used again. Or just right. have it have it disabled in some fashion. Okay. Because we're not meant to have this much power. Nothing's meant to get to this scale. I just think there's going to be a lot of people involved. So we're going to have to be real careful with the plans. Yes. Well, let's not forget, the gun is plan B. Plan A is still just family therapy. I, I don't think I'd, that's going to do. I'd like that. I don't think we're talking about real therapy. What do you what do you mean? Talking with it. You want to talk with the god machine, don't you? I mean, I'm all for talking our way out of things, but I think that there are some things that are not to be talked well, with. I mean, we just look, Red is a god machine, and you know, she's called it her brother a handful of times. I think she's meaning more like a metaphorical brother. Yes, obviously, but I'm just saying, maybe there's something to it. Maybe the gun is... I want the gun, okay? I want to have the big fucking nuke. But once we let that out of the bag, we're gonna have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. You don't drop the bomb, and then the world goes back to normal. You drop the bomb, and then you have a cold war. I'm just saying. I mean, do you think we can talk to it? I don't think... Well, do we just send it a letter and be like, let's meet for tea at 2 p.m. on Saturday? No, No, I think we piss it off enough that it wants to, you know... Look, from what I can tell about this thing, it just wants to do its job. Whatever the fuck it decides its job is this week. But no, that's the thing. It doesn't want to do its job anymore. That's the whole point. I know, but because the job is hard. It's... Given in to despair. Exactly. And the counterpoint to despair is action. And it's looking to take an action. Look, I'm not saying it's a brilliant idea or anything. And frankly, I think I lost my left leg here from frostbite. I don't feel it anymore. I am a tragic figure right now. Please remember me as a strapping young man I was. But... Ultimately, I think maybe the gun is necessary, but it's our plan B. 
Okay, well, do you mind getting out of uh, the northwest and going into one of the other rooms? Because this is really, really, really uncomfortably cold. So I'm I'm gonna crawl up through the 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 vase now. He like, like climbs his way up the statue, sticks his head in the vase, and it's, pulls it's himself. Literally, it's like trying to put your hand over the end of a faucet. It just sprays everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. miserable. Don't <laughs> You do make just it right off. Good, good. I want it on record that I hate this. I want on record you're going first. And I just got my hair. <laughs> <laughs> the big mouth clam and climb to the or swim to the top of the uh, aquarium and into the manhole that you came out of initially and back and forth through all these whimsical places until you end up back at the RV. Again. Why did we have to stop through that Chinese restaurant? Uh, Better yet, why didn't we stop in the Chinese restaurant? We're in the back anyway. You might as well let me get some dumplings. We can get something on the way back. You just want to be available if everybody else gets done with their things and they want to talk. I know. It was just very, like, we got to rush. We got to rush. It was like going to Disney World, but, like, you have to get on everything at a certain time. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, for some reason, everything, all the paths you walk seem to go to the Chinese <laughs> restaurant at some point. It's, it's, it's a weird kind of, like, <laughs> the nexus. It's because I'm Jewish. It's, no, it's because everybody <laughs> loves Chinese food. Yeah, that's, it's just, that's it's curious. True. The more you use the tunnel, there's the more you There's just different places in this Chinese restaurant that you're going into. Yeah, there's just, there's always someone traveling through this Chinese restaurant, whether it's the men's bathroom or the storage room or the basement. You know, I, I wouldn't you know believe that Chinese restaurants are magical. <laughs> like, I, I totally believe that. Two, I like the idea that em- since Ember set up a lot of these portals, Ember just really liked this one Chinese restaurant and wanted I, an excuse to stop. There. That, that all, I also buy that. Or there's a secret network of interconnected Chinese restaurants. Hear me out. That host portals all over the world. As a and, business strategy, it gets more people through the door. And that's why every town, regardless of size, has one. <laughs> Oh, shit. Even, right. Even tiny towns in Mississippi have right. Chinese restaurants. Right. Even Walmart, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Walmart. I don't know. I like the idea that Ember just likes Chinese food, so all the paths he knows go through, <laughs> through Chinese, Chinese restaurants. restaurants. <laughs> That's very Ember. You know? And the employees don't even look anymore. It, it is good. Just, yeah. Chinese takeout's great. So anyway... um. You guys have this conversation, but it turns out the other two are actually already back. Their excursion was um, shorter than yours round trip. Yeah, yeah we, we see you come back in and just sit, and, uh, and Abernathy just says, what the hell happened to all of you? I think Darla's got, like, one of those, like, insurance papers mm-hmm. from the glove compartment, like, stuck to her it's face. It's the pot, and then the clam, and, and then, it's a long story. So, <laughs> so, long story short... We're going to take a shower break and reconvene here in like 10 minutes. That's right. Wolf already has his shirt off. He's wringing it out into the sea. No, and Darla like elbows him. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you shoved me in there. <laughs> and JD turns oh, I'm sorry. I didn't make you like okay. climb up the fountain. So one more time so I understand. They yeah. just offered you the power of a sun. <laughs> they offered me access to the power that they've been harvesting from a sun. Wolf throws his wet t-shirt over his shoulder. I'm sorry. <laughs> Honey, what did I miss while I was at the office? We've had an afternoon. Okay. You say to the people who were freezing and soaking wet. <laughs> did they go into space? Did they travel to a giant star to see the, to harvest 
solar power to be used against a thing. Okay, sit down, Elon. I su- I'm sounding more and more like Bill Cosby as I go. <laughs> please, God, please, God, no. Yeah, please, God, no. Please, God, no. Please, stop. So, you all reconvene once everyone is warm and clean. <laughs> Rosie! Did you no, travel in space? <laughs> Sorry. Bill okay. Cosby is never acceptable. Yeah. No, 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 he's not. Anyway, so we we sort of reconvene uh, fresh, dried, and warm for the first time all day. So, I, I think uh, things will go a little easier if we do this in a particular order. How things go on your end. And is it going to make me mad? It's it's a mixed bag, and I hope hope it won't make you mad. It's going to make you mad. Yeah, I'm going to be mad regardless. Uh, long story short... Uh, Basically, did... they were super cooperative, and oh. then one of them hit on me. Oh. Really? Uh, oh, that's yeah. Right. You like just like because like he oh you have he didn't want he didn't want he didn't want to put it in you. Yeah, he just saw that you like every sleeper is able to be awakened. So he wanted to no put, no, he no. Wanted I don't know what any of that means. So I just know he gave hot, me this. I'll accept this. I get this. I I prove this message. I just, I'm taken. So I don't know what he wants there. So he wanted to put you just magic. look. Everyone actually takes the business card from him and says, "Are you using this?" No. And then he's like, good. And then he just, like, puts it in his pocket. Um, was he kind of a daddy? Like, what kind, what kind of You know, of you thing? never described him physically. <laughs> he kind of seemed like a douche. He called himself Magnus. Well, you'll have to roll intelligence oh, to check. Oh, God, I think and I then, And then him. you'll have to have her roll a uh, a daddy dice to see how well you remember. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, absolutely, he absolutely would okay. not remember. Describe. You know, somebody's going to have to roll a memory check. Yeah. Buckle, roll that daddy dice. Well, hold on. They have to... Play that funky music. White boy. White boy. If he looks bad, maybe we put a pen. <laughs> Is a memory check just a straight intelligence roll? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no clue what he looked like. So, despite and never not wearing a suit, oh no, Jamie is he is so straight? Is he the promised one? He, he's a ten. Whoa! <laughs> well, welcome to the club, Magnus. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like Kurt Russell, but six two and chubby. No. He's like. Hmm. He's just Kurt Russell. Alton Brown. It, 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 that's huh. what he looks like. Ooh, he looks like right. he looks like Daddy Alton Brown is a maid. Stop stealing like from real life. Daddy Alton Brown. <laughs> Alton Brown is a daddy. He's like oh, Alton God. Brown with thick rimmed glasses and well coiffed graying hair. But yeah, Alton Brown. <laughs> I don't like what this is revealing I, about you guys. I'm just going to say that. So, I've never thought mm, that's a daddy when watching Alton Brown on television. Then you obviously haven't seen the Tumblr gift set where he's handling duct tape. <laughs> no! <laughs> I know I've never had a single sexual thought about Alton Brown. <laughs> Look, Alton Brown Neither is like your cool science that... teacher in seventh grade. He's not hot. Neither did I until that Tumblr post, okay? Right. <laughs> so... So what did what did the mages offer to the, uh, uh, the the project? They handed us a they handed us a shotgun that's been loaded with bullets that they don't know what are gonna, what they're gonna do. I don't think a shotgun's gonna cut it, Abernathy. Sorry, let let me let me explain. I have plenty of those actually. They're harvesting with the working power, bullets. They're harvesting the power of an entire sun. Oh, into like as these, you do, as you do, yes. 
Have we all not thought of it? This is like some villain shit. I'm half convinced that they're all just high. (laughs) Why did you not see this gun? Well, they all disappeared. Or most of them disappeared. And then there was just this one hungover mage still there. Wait, I get to use... And so I don't know what kind of stuff. Am I going into. to explain what we're working with That's here? Or so not? much thermonuclear energy. Okay, Mason, I don't like this glint in your eye. Oh. You understand? We could. Oh, we could. Oh, we have to be careful. We could wipe out the whole planet. Exactly. Yeah, I don't like the way that this conversation is heading. Oh man, how nope. am I going to channel that? Ooh, nope. <laughs> see, you're not going to channel shit. See, see, Mason here understands. Oh. It's exciting. But uh, but we want to make sure that we're doing it right. Otherwise, we're what just going to be shoot, of, shooting yeah, ourselves in the How big was the star? What, you mean metaphorically a sun? It was a red giant. I didn't get exact measurement. I know. I think you're talking about a real no, sun. No, not metaphorically a star. Okay, okay. No one in this van is firing a sun gun, okay? You'll shoot your eye out. Oh, oil sport. Right. That's uh, that's where our, our bit comes in. Um, So, the Aegis Kaiduru... They're interested in helping us, and they're going to get as many of their members together as they can because it's a free collection of individuals, not a cohesive group, to try and provide relics and help us with foot soldiers. They're about it. So that's good. However, they offered a recommendation that I'm very keen on taking, which is that I manufacture the gun in such a way that only one person can use it. Which I think is reasonable. Yeah, it's probably smart. And then I, I intend, I, I fully intend to dismantle the gun as soon as we're done. Yeah, using obviously, it. especially if we're having it shoot sun bullets, and no one's firing a sun. In terms of knowledge of the particular field and uh, relevance to God touched activities, I was going to nominate Mackenzie. As the person who fires the gun. Uh, say half um, again? And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. Because, hear me out, I, I understand. There's only one person with a combination knowledge of explosives and transdimensional science that we know. You know? <laughs> uh, he makes a good point already. Maybe we should talk to Mackenzie about this. Yeah, yes, first of yes, all. Yes, but, well, I... JD, she's important to you, and I wanted to run this by you first. Yeah, but he's also not her keeper. Yes. I was, yeah. But I think it's relevant because we're all a team, and if somebody's important to somebody, I would like it run it through them before we just move on into hard yes or no's. Well, let me just say, I, I understand that we're all involved whether we like it or not, yes. and McKinsey more than most people. But she didn't sign up for any of this. Yes. I mean, it's it's her None of us did. call, it regardless, but that's a hell of a pitch yeah. right there. Okay, so I'm going to go, we're, we're going to go ask them. Or do you want to? I'll ask. Okay. I mean, he does have a point. I mean, she's... She is well qualified. I can't. Supposedly, argue with your logic. it's it's easier no, to tune somebody to the task if they've already been marked by the god. Machine. Well, and it makes a lot of sense too because we're dealing with a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different groups. It might be nice to have like a neutral third party. But if she's the only one who knows how to use it, that could also put a target on her back. So we have to be real careful. And she already has a target on her back by you know 
stigmata things, whatever. <laughs> Just saying. But even after this, if if we if we do, if it all works out, you think somebody's not going to make a play for that thing? Uh, I will. It, uh, I'll have it rigged to be dismantled quickly. And we're going to have to keep. Furthermore, <laughs> um, it can't just be dismantled. It's going to have to be. We're going to have to nuke the nuke. Yeah. <sighs> if I'm, the, the whole process of firing it doesn't nuke itself, I'm familiar and everyone else with. I I I kind of took it in my middling years to study up on uh, the creation of industrial projects. So Maybe I know I know how to. Eight. I, I know how to build things, right? Okay, I, I like to build things. Yes, I'm we going know. to oversee the project, <laughs> okay. and I want to be the only person that knows how it was really made, because I don't okay. want anyone. I want it's fine if other people know how to build their parts, but I don't want that to be the the collective piece to be easy knowledge for the world. And then what are you going to do with it? All the plans and stuff afterwards. Well, they'll be up here. Okay. So why don't you just shoot the thing? Uh, I'm not God-touched. Well, I mean... Do they have to be? Am I not? I mean, not by the God machine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am. It's not true to say that Mason isn't God-touched, though, because he is connected yeah. to Ishma. If that counts, then that's a, a different matter entirely, and my stance changes entirely, but that's not how I, I read that, so Mason wouldn't... I mean, yeah, like I said, is that a requirement? Because I am. Right. Well. I mean, technically we all are. We literally have a god on speed dial. Let's double check that then. Because if we can just involve us, I'd rather that. Because I trust all of you with not just keeping the secrets of this thing. But but dealing dealing with the ramifications. You fired that Aishma thing plenty. Yeah. So I mean, obviously this is a step up, but... You know, if we could just use one of us, I'd rather. Can we call Red? Anybody? My phone's uh, still oh, a God. brick. And Wolf realized his phone was in his pocket when they went through the... No! Oh. Oh. JD's is dead. phone is dead. Uh, yeah, Darla I... pulls her out and is like, what? <laughs> I had photos on there! Wolf is going turn. to go to the pantry, get the rice, and just shove his phone in it. <laughs> Mason opens up the Ziploc bag he put his phone in. Do you guys not... <laughs> I've never been in that portal, Mason. Holy shit, you gotta warn a girl. Oh I just, God. sorry, I just. He would though. He would. I, I just, I just imagine like an hour later after uh, I don't have the phone in the rice slant, like someone starts making dinner and then they just pour it into a wet into the wet pot and then just the phone falls out and it's wet again. Well, God damn it. Like, no. <laughs> My mistake, sorry, it, it, it crossed the moment. There were a lot of steps in that one, and I've been through a lot of portals lately. I, I really am sorry. We'll get you new phones. But all my phones. You don't have cloud storage? Um, does that come on the phone? JD, could you call Red for us? Your phone's still Phone's on. dead. Oh. Abernathy. I don't carry a phone. Yeah, no, the phone wait, is just, okay, wait, no, yeah, the phone it, is just kind of a prompt. Okay. Oh, that's right. Well, Hold she on. was talking to you through your mind. So that's right. Just... Well, then he just starts thinking about red real hard. <laughs> Think about red. Think about it. Hard. Does it work? Do you need to try magic bullshit? I, I'm in a high low. 
It's a fucking seven. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Hello, Mr. <laughs> you fart. And then Red says, Hello, Mr. Abernathy. Oh, hello, Red. Can we hear this? Well, we're, we're having a bit of trouble communicating with you. And, well, you were speaking to me earlier. I figured that I might as well just go ahead and try that again. How are you? Uh, I'm good. She's good, everyone. We, 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 we can hear her. Okay, we can try. Is, it, is, is it, everything okay, Mr. Abernathy? Things have gotten confusing, complicated, but well, how is that different from 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 normal? I am not sure. Uh, hold on, just a moment. He's gonna like put his hand on uh on Mason's shoulder and say, "It's like, can can you hear Mason?" No, I cannot. I. How about now? He says, sticking his finger in his ear. Hello. I, I cannot hear anyone but you, Mr. Abernathy. Damn. <laughs> they do not share your connection to the arcane energies. I see. That's what that is. Oh, oh great. He's, gonna, he's never got to shut the fuck up. Oh, he looks so fucking smug. You all can't hear what she said, so you just see him. <laughs> you just oh, see no, him that was like... Steven commenting, not Wolf. He's just pretty. He just does like a little proud shimmy. <laughs> you know, all the mages actually did that. You know, I believe Except it. for the one. That's what he they seemed do. too hungover. That's what they do when they meet. They just sort of preen at each other. <laughs> Are they mages or vampires? They I just shimmy tell. everywhere they go. <laughs> oh, look at me. <laughs> My name is Magnus. <laughs> Magical peacocks. Blair right. checks out. It's true. Uh, well, I, I, if I you could pass out. along the, um, the concept behind our gun... To Red and ask if the operator, since we're planning on it being attuned to just one person, mm-hmm. has to be God machine touch, or if it can just be somebody who's been influenced by gods recently at all. All right, understood. Red, I'm going to run a technicality by you. Go ahead. All right. Now, say we happen to come across a gun that we could use on the God machine that was powerful enough to, like, just do a real number on it. Wow, that sounds violent. Okay. It is, but that's what we deal in. Uh, it's plan B. Tell her it's plan B. I will do no such thing. <laughs> you? I'm going to give you a wedgie. This is simple and direct. <laughs> now, tell her it shoots sun bullets. It shoots sun bullets. <laughs> we also spoke to some mages who also are using just a plain old sun. Uh, it's it's great. It's, it's organic. <laughs> Renewable. <laughs> Renewable. Green. <laughs> Solar powered, as it were. Uh, we were wondering if it would be in the user's best interest if we were to attune the item to a single person. And if so, would it be more t- more advantageous to have that person be God-touched? Well, given that I don't have a physical body and I've never fired a gun... I would guess that it would be easier if you could see your target. Well, I could have told him that. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Understood. So, bad news, everyone. Red isn't sure herself. Did she just say, I don't know, or? She said it would make more sense for them to see the target rather than for someone to be attuned to... To, to be already touched uh, by the god machine, right? That adds up. So, somebody who can see the god machine. Exactly. We're going to have to... The way that I'm seeing this, we're going to have to wait until it's... Mason's head just pans over to Darla. What? But, uh, um, 
Yeah, I mean, if that's what I have to do, I guess. Uh, right now, our options are you and that um, or, stigmata in uh, Brooklyn. Or Mackenzie. Or Mackenzie. Mm, she can't see it, I don't think. She might be able to rig up a special site. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I had an important task for her regardless. Um, so what's the likelihood that I'll, you know, die in a fiery It's, it's really likely that we're all going to die, but we're just going to plan around not dying because that's a better alternative. <clears throat> Don't plan for failure, plan for success. Well, given the fact that, you know, I guess... The God Machine is going to come through a portal and murder us all anyway. Yeah. I'm that's not as spirit. well. Yep, that's <clears throat> Plan for lots of success. That's what I'll Pull be doing. Pull that trigger. <laughs> uh, all right, if you guys need it, I guess. It's not really any more dangerous than any of the other shit that we've done. Think think of, like, going skeet shooting, but instead of having a shotgun, you would have the entire power of a star. Abernathy, please shut the fuck up. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun to think about. Do you know that, you know, non-rich people don't go skeet shooting? Pigeon shooting. Yeah, we don't That's do not that a... either. Shooting squirrels in the backyard with a twenty-two. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Wolf is going to have a moment of solidarity with, J- solidarity with JD where it's like, I never did that. Did you ever do that? No, not, not me. I think it's like a rural thing. Haven't you guys ever been mad at a squirrel? We always shot no. human-shaped targets. <laughs> I'm, remi- I'm remembering the child-sized body armor now. <laughs> well, uh, in light of that, I guess I will pull the trigger that kills the god machine if you need it, I guess. Plan B. I trust you implicitly. I think it will work best. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's a shutter there. Ooh. <laughs> uh, ooh. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Right in the commitment issues, right, darling? Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure Mason's probably the only person on Earth that could actually ask Darling for something like that. <laughs> um, regardless, uh, if we're adjusting our plans in that direction, at some point I do still want... Mackenzie in on the the engineering of the actual device. I mean, she could probably help there. No. Yeah. She's very talented, and she's knowledgeable of the general principles we're working with. I mean, she did open that big fucking portal, so... So, once we've sorted out our um, coup, I think that uh, we'll need to get in contact with her and try and get all of the mechanics in one place. Yeah, speaking of our coup... What's the plan? I need to talk to the mages at some point, Abernathy. Yep, that has nothing to do with a coup. <laughs> yeah. Coup. Uh, at, some, at some point. Uh, I want to talk about the coup. <laughs> well, Abernathy reaches into his coat, pulls out Magnus's business card, and says, I've got that number. Good. Is next, nobody listening to next me? Next topic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> just trying to get our, our licks in. Well, didn't we just want to, like... We got... Okay, we got... The idea is we got to feed him some manufactured information <laughs> that checks out so that he believes that he is in the right, uh, on the right trail and could track us down. Well, I mean, he's he's got he's really got the hots for that eyeball. So if we let slip that the other one's a fake and that we still have, I, I think mm. he might. 
already know. <laughs> well, then what do you mean? It makes sense. So we let slip that something's gone wrong in the place we're storing the eye, and we're going to collect it there. Or, I mean, yeah, let him know where it is, quote-unquote, I guess, and then when he gets there, we just, ah, gotcha. Well, the thing is, is that we have to manufacture the situation so that he goes somewhere <laughs> with less guard. So something we kind of talked about was maybe like having a, some other incident that split his forces so that he'll go to one place and they might go somewhere else. So because we, if he disappears into a warehouse somewhere and then Singer just comes back by herself, it's going to look real suspicious. So we're going to need to manufacture two simultaneous crises. Right. And what if I just threw his ass in the hedge? At some point, wouldn't he be picked up by a fae? Yep. That seems like we could lose track of Rupitna real fast, and I don't know Maybe. about that. He'll be some true face problem at that point. But he could get yeah, away. Yeah, but you really, you be... really want Rupitna showing back up as a changeling? That you, the, that situation is exceedingly rare. Uh... Well, to be fair. He's an exceptionally rare individual. Yeah. I think if anybody could He's claw their weirdo. way out of Arcadia, it would be him. We could, we could just dump his ass in hell. That could have equally poor outcomes. I think we should just kill him. <laughs> All right. Abernathy well, seems to be the only one who's comfortable with that. I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, that's the only way we can contain well, I him. I think it's one of those situations where you're not exactly getting objections. Yeah. Yes, Steven? Yeah, um, can I make a quote-unquote morality check real fast? Yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> Wolf has information no one else at the table has about Rupitna. That's true, he does. Yeah. Where are my tens? This is like after using physical stuff. I'm a fool. You're what? Cool. It's fun. It it's, makes that clackety noise. It feels good to pick them up and throw them. Yeah. I much prefer my clack. digital dice. Doesn't that feel great, guys? Yeah. That was awful. Actually, uh, my roll was okay. Actually. This is fun. This should just be the whole show. Uh, just <laughs> dice only. Yes. I got one success on my morality check, so. You, so you do the immoral thing. <laughs> oh, is that what that meant? Uh, that's how I would interpret it. I would say that a morality check is do you do you succeed in being a moral human? That's yeah. how I would interpret it. Okay, so I passed the morality check. Well, at least I got a success on the morality check, so I would do... You would the do mor the moral thing, yes. The guy has a wife and kids. He's also a monster. I'm aware. Ted Bundy <laughs> had a wife and kids. I mean, yeah, I guess that's... No, he didn't. Oh, wait, sorry. John Wayne Gacy, whatever. Get my true crime podcast mixed up. I also don't Amber know if he's stop exactly the those. type of pappy to come home and raise him right. Well, you're not wrong. Just... I mean, we're not like... I'm going to sound real bad, but it's not like we're leaving him orphans. <laughs> His life is one where he could die at any moment. And he's and, accepted that. And he tried to murder all of us. Several times. I... And McKenzie... I, I don't I don't so I don't think that I'm going to extend myself the the concern in this situation. Swear to God, if he knew where we were right now, he would murder every single person here and wouldn't feel a damn thing about it. I know you're not wrong. Like, I'm not first shooting first and asking questions later, but I've run out of questions for him. 
I know, I know, it's just... I know, right? Look, I get it. I mean, like I said, I don't like, I don't really like killing anything. But, holy shit. Right? Well, I mean, throwing him to the (laughs) Fae or in hell or something isn't exactly better than, you know. Well, I just keep flashing back to the time he summoned a demon to try to burn us all alive. Yeah, I still don't have a lot of back hair because of that. At the end of the day, the cleanest and most merciful thing for us to do to get rid of him would just be to straight up murder him. <laughs> Anything else we're adding to Do we have of... to keep calling it murder? It's murder. It's murder, JD. <laughs> Listen, we gotta acknowledge what it is. <laughs> and, like I said... Couldn't we just call it, like, pre-self-defense? That's just murder. Maybe. <laughs> I like the sound of it better, though. If he didn't supersede the judicial system, we could imprison him, but Chiron doesn't like, exist. Okay, imprisoning him is not an, a real option, because if we imprison That's... him somewhere, he is just going to break out of it, and he's going to be madder, and probably with more superpowers than he had before. Well, that's why I liked the idea. Well, I don't like it, frankly. It chills my blood to think I'm capable of this, but throwing him to... Into Arcadia, like, <laughs> hey, True Fae finds him, and next time we meet him, if we ever do again, he's a, you know, plush toy man, or but, whatever. So you would rather, <laughs> instead of just... But he could just... also come back as a knife man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, well, think about this for half a second. You would rather sign him up for centuries of torture than <sighs> just killing him? I know, I know, I know, I know. That is, in my opinion, actually worse. It's objectively worse. And I don't know it would do much for his personality. No. He's just going to come back crazier and stronger. At least it would be a fetch. Maybe the fetch would be nice, but, uh, yeah. No. Doubt it. Okay. Alright, so we're going to kill, right? That's the plan. Well, your girlfriend's going to All right, so I had a thought, and I, it might be a bad one, and I, I'm not really sure if this is my idea or Singer's idea, but I wanted to Well, I'm not it. liking this conversation, so let's hear it. Pose it to the group. So I thought maybe our distraction could be the kids from nope. the lab. Just maybe Fuck make no. up. A, no, hear me out. 200% no. Hear me out. I think it's the only thing besides the eye. That they're really, that we know that they're really interested in. I don't think they care about them anymore. They were a means to get to the gun. But they were also... And the gun was a means to get to the eye. You said Singer brought them up? Or... Um, Buckle, did, did Singer bring them up? I don't remember. No, not in the conversation you guys had. Hmm. I don't know where I got that idea from. But it's the last thing we knew... <coughs> That they were looking for because they were seen in a horrible way to be property of the group. I don't like to use that word, but that's the way that they consider them. Yeah, I don't know how comfortable I am. Maybe we can manufacture a sighting. So, what if we just find another eye? Oh yeah, because they're just lying about <laughs> places. There was that third place. And laid the trap there. 
So we just go out and we find Ashma's toenail and we just set up camp until he comes. <laughs> I mean, it's not a terrible idea. They would, they would check out with their their thing mm. that can keep track of where they're at. I, I mean, maybe uh, we could let it slip that that we're searching for Ashma's parts. Yeah, we need them to <laughs> fight the godly. Yeah, we just need him. Maybe. I, Mason, don't take this the wrong way. I don't feel comfortable having you near Ashima stuff. I don't feel comfortable having our entire plane of existence blown apart, but here we are. Wolf puts his hands up. All right. All right. That's probably the best idea we've had so far, so. She's right. It would check out with their stuff. So where would we go to find more of him? Well, didn't well, we have I... a couple parts, like a couple points where there were other pieces? I did see a few at that one place in California. Um, <sighs> but wasn't you get that a hold Chiron? Of... It was Chiron, but that just means they know where it is. Okay. And we're not actually going for the part, we're just trying to you know, get him there, right? Right. Yeah. So, fuck I it. definitely need something big enough for him to show. Well, I mean, All I right feel it. like us and him, or us and it at the same place would be incentive enough, personally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go to Montana. But how are we going to let him know that we're looking for <laughs> it, or know about it? Wouldn't that be Singer's deal? I suppose so. She said that he's starting to be a little bit suspicious of her. So do we have another option for somebody to let it slip? I don't know how else we're going to leak it to him. What about that Raven guy? I have his number. And? What if I look like I'm trying to help him? Why? You, Because I'm a changeling and you're a hunter. Yeah, he's a hunter. He'd have to he's a hunter he too, but he hates you. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. I pretend I had a falling out with you guys. I tell him you're going to be there. I mean, it worked. It's a lot of risk. Do you think he'd just believe it if one of us... I'm also a fan-fucking-tastic liar. I also believe that he would take you hostage as insurance for the job, because I would. Then I'll snap his neck and you guys don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I also wouldn't talk to you without a lot of guards. You'd die. Yeah. I'd make sure of it. Probably. Yeah, he'd probably kill you on the spot anyways. What if we just use one of the new contacts we have with information <laughs> brokers? That's... Also a good point. What was the um, the group willing to sell or to give away information to anyone? Net zero, right? Mm-hmm. There was a faction within them. Was it just Net no, Zero? No, I think that that was just the Raven guy, the birds. right? Yeah. So we could ask him to sell it to them. Yeah, we could just say, hey, here's some free information. Maybe. That's some in risk on his part, but if he's willing to work with us, that would be invaluable. Yeah, maybe come from the third party place. Okay, so next step is we need to find the eye and make our way that way. 
Meanwhile, somebody contacts the raven and asks him <laughs> to drop a hint of where we're going. Yeah, maybe not like, I feel like if we send it to him specifically, he'll be suspicious. So maybe we can just have him drop it somewhere on the internet. Yeah. You know? Or I'm sure he's got it. lots of expertise on that. And do you think he'd bring someone like Singer? I mean, she's the second in command. So do you think she could possibly split him off from enough of his people? I mean, or I can ask. We're going to get ambushed, so we <laughs> need to expect a, a big fight. He's going to bring a lot of forces to bring us in. <laughs> and like I said, you know, if, if they show, if they, the two of them, you know, disappear into a warehouse and only she comes out, it's going to be well suspicious. I know somebody who could make a distraction. I also could just go to my old favorite, which is we have Abernathy call love bug, and then we spend an afternoon rigging a warehouse to explode. Why would Abernathy? I'm just going to go ahead and put my vote in for that idea. Why would Abernathy need love bug? Do you have your gooey cinnamon roll magic. powers? It takes a lot of time to make an explosion with magic. I'd rather go through it, physical means. It makes possible. a lot of it takes a lot of time to make an explosion through C four. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'll pass on working with the C4 myself. Who are you going to say? JD? What? Oh, I was going to say Abernathy. He has magic. magic. Yeah, right. Yep. Magic. Well, then. He was going to make that one place explode, so I just thought he could make another place explode. Mm -hmm. I can do that. So, step one is we need to find out where it's at. And then we need to try and prep a place there, and we need to contact uh, the Raven. So, <laughs> Wolf, what town more or less was it in? Or it was region? this little nowhere. It was this little nowhere town in Montana. I well, mean, I don't think there's a not nowhere town in Montana, but if I recall correctly, it was like in mid Montana. Okay, I need to look at a map. I could pinpoint if I did. And if if and if they just know it's in the town, we might not even have to find the thing. Yeah, we just need to get him there. We don't even need the the thing. Bingo bongo. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Let's start there. Well, great. I don't feel good about any of this. Who has who has contact with Birdman? What's his face? Wait, Raven. Raven. Yeah, that one. Okay. Bird guy. Uh. I mean, I Mason? Darla. No, it wasn't me. No? Who got rid it of was Mason, if I recall. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I'm glad you do, because I don't. <laughs> oh, back to the fountain. <laughs> All right. I mean, does anybody have a phone that's working? I have the base charge on mine now. <laughs> well, when it's ready, can I... I'll, I'll, I need it to call Singer. So. Yep. Go ahead. He hands over his phone. Make sure she's talking on a secure line. (laughs) And Wolf will Wolf will get in the driver's seat of the RV and start (laughs) heading west. Alright. So, first off, uh, Mason, you relay that information to the uh, Raven. And he agrees to pass the, the fake intel along. He makes some some suggestions to you for how you can alter it to make it seem more authentic. Yep. Uh, he suggests dropping in um, a few more than like more than one location so that it doesn't sound too set in stone. Okay. Um, but given that you all know that there is a signature in Montana, 
that still almost guarantees they'll go to the place that you want them to go. Yeah. Um, he kind of works it up and uh, just sort of tells you he'll do it on an IOU, assuming that you've saved the universe. We'll call it even. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pay him otherwise. No, we won't. <laughs> if you know what, if the universe gets destroyed, we'll pay you then. No. That's his. That's his deal. It's a joke. Okay. Um, moving on to Singer's conversation. So, Darla, you dial up Singer, yeah? Yeah. And by this point, it's probably evening? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. So It's also JD's number. It is also JD's <laughs> number. Does Singer... Yeah, I, she's probably at some point <laughs> talked to most She has people. hacked our phones a couple <laughs> well, times. Well, she probably, she probably knows whose she, numbers yeah, is she, which. She probably knows his number just from, from spying on you. Yeah. She probably listened to this whole conversation. Yeah. We should just assume Singer is always listening. <laughs> so, um, Singer picks up and uh, she says, if you're looking to give me a shovel talk, now is a really bad time. Well, as flattering as that is. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> hi. Um, is this a secure line? Yes. Uh, we need to Talk about you know what. Okay. Um. So then Darla gives her the rundown. Oh, sorry, right. I was I was playing a bit. Oh. Uh. Well, I mean, it. it I I don't exactly do a lot of phone sex, so if if it if if you know what wasn't like good, oh, then I, no, I, I'm I'm. I understand. I'm talking about the coup. <laughs> oh. Gotcha. I just didn't want to say the word coup. Okay. You know what? I mean, you know. We, we, I thought you just didn't want to say the word phone sex. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to call you back and we'll start over. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. But we can, like. We can talk about that later. <laughs> as soon as you hang up, Abernathy's sitting like right across her and he goes, how'd it go? I guess she's going to call me back on a uh, secure line. Mm-hmm. I heard mention of phone sex. No, that was a mistake on your part. Understood. Uh, and then the phone rings again. Secure line. Oh, all, all right, secure line. <laughs> All the phone sex. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Better keep my phone dry. Uh, anyway, Singer's like, hello. <laughs> is this a secure line? Yes, this is a secure line. Okay. <laughs> I think then uh, Darla sort of launches into the plan. Mm-hmm. Business as usual. So... We wait for him to hear this information. Right. And then I need to respond to the other events so that I'm not under suspicion when he goes down. Probably for a good um probably a good move on your part. Okay. Do you know how he would respond to something like that? Do you think he would bring in a lot of guys? Should we prepare for that? Uh, he was always a blunt force kind of person, and uh, lately, uh, 
I would say he's taken on a philosophy of ready, fire, aim, if you know what I mean. So is that like two guys, three guys? You remember when um, he had us sieging the Harper house? Vividly. I would expect something like that. Okay. All right. The good news is that I'll have to bring half of our available resources to wherever else you send us to investigate. Okay. So it won't be quite as bad, but I also won't be there to help. That makes sense. Um, That would make me feel better. Anyway, if you weren't in the middle of all this. Well, from what I understand, the intent is that I will be in the middle of everything soon. Yeah, I just... just, I know you can take care of yourself, it's stupid. But... We're... Worried about me? No. (laughs) Yes. I'm worried about you, too. Just be careful, okay? Always. Bye. Bye. She hangs up and throws the phone at JD. Alright, we're ready, let's go. Alright. Uh, oh, someone needs to stop at a cricket or a Walmart or something so I can, you know, get the phone to call Lovebug with. Right, we need yeah. a phone. We need lots of C4. <laughs> yeah. Wolf glances at the uh, rice that his phone is sitting in next to him in the passenger seat. Yeah, we'll stop at a Walmart. All right. So why are we blowing up things? I still don't understand that part of the plan. <laughs> we're going to blow up the warehouse. The idea is that we're going to blow up something for all of his, for like, yeah. singer and whatever contention of, like, whatever group So of you're his... gonna blow up Singer. <laughs> we're gonna, no, no, we're gonna blow something up for Singer and whatever group of guys he has to go investigate. Well, I think Singer said that she's gonna, um, she's gonna take a, a second group somewhere else so that it's half the forces. Oh, yeah, more right. importantly, Buckle, more importantly, more important than anything, when's the last time we had a good explosion? <laughs> Fair. Well, the idea is that just, if, if we, if we had an explosion, I think the idea is that People are going to have to go investigate what that was. Okay, so the explosion is happening in the the place where you're actually fighting Rapidna. Yes. yes. Okay. Just, just, just to. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't going to blow up Singer and not realize that <laughs> no. you guys had had agreed to that. That's I... all I'm saying. I'm checking as a DM to make sure no one dies without your consent. <laughs> it would be so sad. We're certainly not intending to blow up Singer. We're intending to just. <laughs> Blow up an empty I, building I, I, I as knew, a distraction. I knew that was the intent, and that's why I wanted to check. Accidentally murdering my companion character. Because I don't want to kill Singer in a cutscene just because you guys told me you were blowing up a building, and I didn't understand. So. Just Ave Maria starts playing. <laughs> All that build up for nothing. Yeah. All right. We didn't even get to have phone sex. We didn't get to have phone sex. And I feel like that's where we need to Yeah, I mean, we kind of did. She asked me what I was wearing, or what she was wearing. I thought that was implied. It was, it was. You know, it was very unclear. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? Uh, I think we're just headed to Montana. I think at that point you're just headed to Montana. So uh, it's a long drive. It's like a three, four day drive. 
You have a lot of time with just your thoughts and each other. Does anyone have any unfinished business that, that might their character might be ruminating on on the way? I'm just bringing it up because that's it's a road trip thing, right? Like when you are stuck in a vehicle looking at hills mm-hmm. passing by, that's when your brain tends to come up with all the things that are bothering you. Right. I don't know, Wolf. Are there? <laughs> so Wolf texts Madison. Uh, Madison? Monroe? I mean, yes. <laughs> so Wolf texts Monroe. Interesting. Okay, what does he send? So what exactly would this entail? <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Is that what Monroe says? No, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sleuths. uh, Monroe sends back, I would think of it as a mutually beneficial arrangement that stops when either either of us wishes it to stop. I feed from you within healthy requirements, which would allow you to live your life as normal. You enjoy the after effects of such things, and if we wish to continue spending time together, then perhaps I can take you out and show you a good time. I'm a lover of the arts performance. I understand you have a history in theater. I'm sure we can find mutual interests, ways to amuse ourselves, relieve stress. That's so much fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on something big, but let's talk after I'm done. I await your answer eagerly. Where is he getting this done? Because I know that he talked to Mason about this exact kind of thing. He's texting Uh, while driving, which is illegal. Don't do that, kids. But, yeah. um, And, oh, go ahead, Dee. Go ahead, Dee. Is he just, like, in the middle of the RV? Is he, like, sitting at the table? or No, he's he's just, he's driving the RV and it's a lot of empty road. Okay. I think um, Darla is going to sort of lean over the the front seat and be like, hey, you're red in the face. You texting Vic? Thinking about it. Oh, yeah? How is that going? I mean, it's going, I guess. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. I don't know. It feels a little one-sided. You know. Does it? I did basically, hey, I got transformed into a monster. Let me confess my feelings. So let's let me fly you out. That's not desperate sounding or looking. It's not weird. I mean, last time I saw you guys together, you looked pretty happy. Are you sure he doesn't like you? I just think he could do better. Well, I don't think so. Thanks, Darla. Yeah. I mean, 
he has all that movie star stuff, but but you're a nice guy. I'm really not. I mean, I guess you're just going to have to agree to disagree. A lot nicer than I am. There's a old show. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but nice and good are not the same thing. I certainly don't feel good right now. Why? Because of the Vic thing? Or... Darla, we're on our way to go kill a man. And even if he's a bad person, even if he's a terrible man who wants us dead and hurts innocent people, we're still... It's murder. We're planning on murdering a guy. Yeah, but he would murder us, so it's... Really, if you think about it, it's self-defense. I don't think it is. He literally already tried to murder us. I know. He, in I fact, know. kidnapped us and then tried to murder us. Yeah, and uh, Krieger held Vic and I up at a frozen yogurt place in Los Angeles. Well, don't worry. He got his, I guess. None of this makes me feel good. But this is... This is all... It has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, maybe this is just me, but I don't really get myself held up on the morality of it. In the sense that... Us killing him or getting rid of him allows us to make the world a better place in some small way. If that makes sense. I suppose. And at the end of the day, we are doing our best to literally, and I mean this in a very literal way, save the entire world. <laughs> so I think one one murder in the pursuit of that is a drop in the bucket. I suppose. Still doesn't make me feel great about myself. That's fair. Honestly, I really miss feeling good. Well, what are things that you like to do? <laughs> and Dar looks a little bit awkward. She's not really used to cheering people up. <laughs> Wolf just kind of gives her some side eye and then just... Very weak smile. Listen to the eagles, drink a purple monster, and drive. Sound good? Yes. <laughs> Sounds easy enough. We certainly have the eagles. <laughs> I'm gonna... Oh, we fucking have. Do you, should we tell Mason there are other artists in the world? Or help. <sighs> if we get phones again, Spotify. Well, the rice worked for my phone, so you can have it now. You listen to a lot of the Eagles. Maybe you'll also like Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with that note, uh, you continue driving. And uh, as you sort of pass uh, the state line into the next sort of section of your journey, your phone dings one last time, 
and uh, given that you're driving, you you don't pay it too much attention. You look down just long enough to see the message, a final message from Monroe. It just says, it's not a time-sensitive offer. It's just an open invitation for both of us to make each other feel good. It's immediately followed by a text from Vic. It says, oh. Hey, cutie, do you want to see the biggest cat turd I've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vic has game two. <laughs> and on that note, we'll end our session. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give a little bit of light to I've ever seen. <laughs> Uncanny Valley Cancer Cell was created by Buckle Nagel and Stephen Pope and produced by Buckle Nagel, Stephen Pope, and Deanna Venable. Editing and mixing done by Stephen Pope and John Tompkins. The players are Deanna Venable as Darla, Garrett Schmickle's Abernathy, Stephen Pope as Wolf, Michael Morris as JD, John Tompkins as Mason, and Buckle Nagel running the game. Hunter the Vigil 2nd Edition is created and published by Onyx Path Publishing. Find us online at Uncanny Show on Twitter and at UncannyValleyShow.com. Make sure to check out other Saving Throw Show productions like Wild Cards or Experience Pointers wherever you get your podcast. And hey, have a good night.